Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. Here we are, we are at episode 61 here and I'm just, like I said, happy to be here yet again for another week, another installment. Um, shout out to everybody that's out there on our Facebook live stream, also on our Instagram live stream. Shout out to my boy Jeff Farrell. Shout out to Liz. She actually hooked us up with the dope Talk That Talk Show mug here. We're going to be uh, trying out a new beer in there uh, soon up. I have my boy Alex Balonis on our Facebook live stream. My boy Nihir, uh, my brother who's not here in the moment, uh, he's out enjoying himself. But uh, thank you so much to everybody that's tuned in here on both streaming platforms. You can always check us at Instagram Live, uh, Facebook Live, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, shout out to my boy Suge, who actually copped a couple of t-shirts. We're going to be raffling off uh, an OG2 at the end of the show tonight. So anybody that wants to get their shelves a shirt as custom, we've been able to do a little bit of raffle for everybody that's on our stream. So put your name in there. Uh, say that you would like a shirt. And we're going to give you a shirt, hopefully, if you win the raffle. My dad's been having a, 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 a lot of fun with spinning the wheel here. And um, I've actually got a lot of fun and, and enjoyed seeing the different people that are going to win this sh the, uh, the raffle at the end of the show. Um, it's become kind of a, a really fun tradition that, that's grown with this show. And I think it definitely speaks to the growth of this show in itself. Um, when I look back and um, I actually got a chance to reflect uh, and look at some of the older episodes and one of the things that I wanted, uh, that I said that I wanted to do, and we, in talking with some of my friends, is we were saying that we always try to get the show better. And my mom actually poked at me because she said that I finally listened to her with one of her suggestions. But, um, you know, through selling these t shirts, uh, shout out to everyone that's gotten the OG2, OG1, um, the OG3s that should be coming out soon to the general public. But, um, you know, we don't just, you know, take the, the, the money from there and, and just sit on it. You know, I've really been taking everything and all the proceeds and everybody that's supported with this show and just trying to invest into the show itself, you know, trying to get more equipment. I mean, like I said, we weren't even able to have Instagram Live as an option, and, and it's there now. And, you know, if you look in the back of us, we used to have the Knicks and Chiefs, but now we actually have a talk that talk show backdrop. I mean, you know, just to see the amount of people that that are rocking the t-shirts and they're asking for t-shirts and you know to see that our own set uh you know we got our own mug that we're gonna be reviewing the beer on um you know it's just steps and, and everything takes time and i think a lot of times you know with people and especially sometimes with myself you know we're so hard on ourselves and we're so um you know desperate to try and get to that next step that you know we got to understand that rome wasn't built in a day and everything takes time so in looking back at those old episodes and, you know, now to say that we have our own backdrop, um, you know, everybody's out here trying to get everything as far as the shirts and, you know, getting these downloads. I mean, we've built this following in Austria. I mean, come on, man. It's just something that that, that humbles me each and every day and, and makes me come out here each week to try and deliver you all a quality show. So I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my sponsors out there. Shout out to Executive Bar and Restaurant located in Carteret, New Jersey. Um, also want to give a big shout out to my boy 91s.com. Cody Bromley's got the best acid wash 
apparel in the game. I actually was talking to him not too long ago. We're going to see if maybe we can collab on some OG ones and uh, try and get some acid wash shirts out there for some people that are looking for those. Um, and also want to give a big, big shout out to VW Liquors located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Um, I want to give a shout out to, like I said, Caroline, uh, my boy Dave, uh, Gabe Azzarello, Neva, Tim. Uh, I, I came in there today and I'm going to be reviewing one of the beers from Bolero again. And, um, you know, they, they all supported with getting the shirt. And, you know, they were, like I said before last episode, they got my shirt in the front of the store. And it, it just, it, it just, it means the world to me. It really does. And, you know, I know it might sound redundant, but, you know, especially in these times of trying to grow and, you know, get better with each week, uh, it's just important to appreciate the people that get you there. So I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for my sponsors, you know, my family out there that's pushing me each and every week. And I'm just really hyped to get ready to get an episode for y'all. So here we go. Let's hop right into episode 61. So, with baseball coming back, I know we've had the OG3s that are dropping and the everybody's hype with that colorway. If you know my baseball team, you'll know what that is. But um, with baseball coming back, one of the things and one of the changes that we've seen that has gotten a little bit of a stir and has got the pot going is the fact that we've seen that there's going to be the universal DH in MLB. So, you know, I think that we've had a, a, some mixed reviews from a lot of different people. And I have a lot of good friends that, that are into baseball. And, you know, I've read a lot of different articles out there. And, you know, shout out to everyone that's written everything out there. So, you know, the information is out there for you. You just have to try and go out there and seek it for yourself and decipher your own opinion about it. And, you know, from a baseball person like myself who, you know, grew up playing baseball, my dad was a huge baseball person, you know, I think the the – me being a huge Mets fan, you know, we always distinguished ourselves from the Yankees because, you know, the Mets played in the National League. And, and I was always pulling, I always thought the National League was a lot more exciting to watch. And I think it's a very different baseball game in itself because the main staple or the main distinguishing factor between, you know, the DH with the American League is the not having that DH with the National League. And I think that totally changes the game when you're able to make these double switches and when you have, you know, trying to put in different situations where you have to pinch hit for uh, pitchers. And it really creates a managerial standpoint to where you have to make sure your manager is the best person to equip your team with the players that need to be in the right situations. And that comes with the DH position in American League. It becomes a lot more easier because you do not have to worry about that pitcher that might be coming up in the middle of the eighth inning, right? Um, I think that's one of the things that really brought the allure of the National League. So when you're talking now about in a situation where you're taking the DH away from the National League and making it, I mean, taking it away from the American League and making it universal for everyone, you know, I think this completely changes the game of baseball, right? You know, I think we've seen, you know, a lot of rule changes with the NBA, and I know how we've implemented the instant replay rules, and that's actually been something that's been implemented, you know, in baseball in recent history. But I think when we're talking about, changing the actual DH position. You know, I think this isn't really a, a thing about 
trying to distinguish the National League and the American League. That's something that we're going to perceive on the outside. And that's somebody that, like myself, that does. You know, I think how can you have an all-star game where you're distinguishing American League and National League when that deciding factor is the designated hitter? We might as well just make everything east, west, north, south, and just compete with it from there because, I mean, that's how they're doing it down in, in, in this new revamp of the MLB. So when you take away the DH, you kind of take away from that individuality or you take away that distinguishing factor that makes the National League the National League, right? I mean, I think that, you know, now from a managerial standpoint, the the person who I'm most worried about with this is Jacob deGrom. How are you going to tell your DH or your best hitter for the Mets and say, hey, you're not going to hit today because Jacob deGrom is our pitcher and we want him to hit in that DH slot. I mean, how ridiculous does that sound, right? But now you have Jacob deGrom who's worked and, you know, distinguished himself. And, I mean, think about contracts. You know, there's, you know, players and pitchers that stayed in the American League and stayed in the National League because the deciding factor was can you hit? So I think that's the the part of the baseball, especially in the National League, which I've grown to watch with the Mets over these past couple of years, that, that I'm going to really miss with the game if they t- decide to go forward with having the DH in both leagues. Um, I, I really feel for those hitting pitchers out there. I mean, one of the favorite Mets uh, memories was just how well that Steven Matz had uh, you know hit on his first day and, and doing really well. So... I think that if we take the bat out of the pitcher's hands in the National League, you know, I think we're really taking away from, you know, that tradition, that old style that we have with baseball. But that's what was so crazy about this is because we're constantly in battle when it comes to baseball as far as switching between progressive things and sticking to those traditionals. On last episode, I talked about how Ian Desmond talked about how they don't want you to pimp home runs and how you don't want to really, you know, lavish when you hit it. I mean, everybody talks about when Joey Bats did that major bat flip, but nobody talks about how, you know, the Twins, I think, were so dis- so they were so pissed about it. And, and it just created this whole big rift with them. But, you know, the big thing as far as traditionalists with baseball is they are not willing and they don't want to have b- baseball progress. And the biggest factor, and I think that, you know, there's a big pushing as to why they wanted this DH is the time factor. When you have MLB that's competing against the NBA, which takes less than maybe two hours, sometimes two hours tops, or you're competing with the NFL game, which has you engaged, but there's not that constant action. It's kind of like baseball as well, too, where everything is, you know, hit by hit, pitch by pitch. It's a traditionally slower sport. So now when you're talking to younger generation fans who are getting everything instantaneous, whether it's talking about information, whether it's talking about gaming, uh, even the sports themselves. I mean, lacrosse is a big sport because it's so fast paced now. Um, These slower paced sports are not necessarily geared towards the younger generation. So when you're trying to talk about times with bringing baseball back and not only just bringing it back, but bringing it back to all audiences, Here you have a situation where they're trying to take the DH away so that they can have the game be sped up faster. And I mean, when you look at another rule that was changed, you have the fact that we had extra innings. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but now in this new revamped MLB, 
when we start extra innings, there's always going to be someone on second base to start that inning. So they're really enforcing or trying to like encourage the runs to speed up the process of making sure that these uh, games aren't going that long. So I think that it's it's definitely more of an issue of not trying to keep it traditional for a National League and American League, but more of trying to speed the process up and speed the games up. So this is always going to be a constant struggle when you have baseball who's competing with sports that traditionally outsell them both on television and in attendance, right? So baseball is going to constantly have to try and keep up with that newer generation of fans but they have a difficult task for themselves. And, I mean, is the DH really the answer? I don't know, but, you know, I think that we're going to see that in the next couple weeks and see how it's really going to affect both from a viewing standpoint and from a managerial standpoint. But I know baseball is coming back. That'll be in a couple weeks from now. But one thing that we definitely have to talk about, uh, I hope my boy John Sapat is here on this team uh, on the stream tonight, but we got to talk about UFC 251, the opening of Fight Island. Shout out to my boy Nico on the Instagram live stream. Ishabod Crane. Yo, Ish, I don't know. I, I got a couple wins with you, with your brother, Stefan. Uh, we went back to back. You, you had to come back and get your spot back, man. Shout out to my boy Marcus, uh, Christopher Garrett. He said he wants a shirt. Shout out to my boy Angelo Paulo. My boy, Timothy Hugel, I know he's, he wants to hear us talk about hockey. Um, I'm really happy that hockey's coming back, too. I know they reached an agreement. They're going to try and get players back and have uh, play start soon. I think they got something really uh, smart there, Tim, with um, having everything be in Canada. Um, I know it's a big Canadian sport, but with having the NHL have things be in uh, Canada, I think it kind of takes away from the... Uh, it adds to the safeness or a little bit more safer than the other leagues are. When you have the NBA, who's having their restart in Florida, I mean, that's become one of the more hotbeds. So when we're trying to create that bubble for these athletes, you know, I think NHL kind of set that standard with having things be out there in Canada. So I know you're happy about that, Tim. And then also shout out to Jen. She says, love my shirt. Oh, and you love the banner too. Thank you, Jen. Uh, thanks so much for your support. But I definitely want to talk here about UFC 251. I mean, how? I mean, before we go on to the other fights, because this is definitely a super stacked card. Um, I'm 100% going to be watching. You would be a fool not to be watching UFC 251. Uh, we got Fight Island, the opening of Fight Island. I mean, they're going to be having an Abu Dhabi. I mean, it, it looks like a Mortal Kombat stage, man. It looks super tough. So alone from that, we have the fight, which is going to be Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. And, whoo! I mean, Masvidal literally took this fight on a, what, six days' notice because the other fighter that was supposed to fight Usman for the welterweight title got coronavirus. So he was not able to make the flight. So, yeah, Angelo Paulo says it is a legit location. Yes, it is. Super tough. But now... I mean, when you look at it and you're talking about Jorge Masvidal, who has, you know, been crowned as the baddest motherfucker. He has the BMF belt. You know, this is this is a, a real thing. 
And when he beat Nate Diaz, uh, you know, we knew that Nate Diaz is somebody that takes a lot of hits and everything. But, you know, Jorge Masvidal in the latter part of his career has been someone that has, you know, really evolved as a fighter. I mean, we, everybody talks about the Ben Askrew when he when he did the flying knee. And, I mean, that was amazing. I know I saw the, the uh, reaction from uh, Israel Adesanya when he watched it live. But, you know, when I look at Jorge Masvidal, I'm looking at a guy that really cut 20 pounds of weight in six days. Now, I know that a lot of people might say that, oh, Jorge Masvidal, he's got the BMF title. He's a bad dude. I mean, he's somebody that, you know, he, he can take it. He had a strong chin. He can throw with these guys. He has hands. But let me tell you about Usman. I mean, this guy, Kamaru Usman, is somebody that will legit knock the brakes off people, man. And I really believe that he is a much more developed fighter at this time. I mean, Jorge Masvidal is somebody that's going to get a little bit more interest because he's taking this. He has that large persona, right? He wears the flashy stuff. He has that com that confidence, that bravado. But don't let that make you mistaken for what is fact. And the fact of the matter is, is Kamar Usman is the champion here and has, you know, created this platform for himself based off the consistency he has shown as a fighter. The guy has only lost one time. So if you're telling me that I want to go against that guy for the potential in, in Masvidal just because he's got a big talk, I, I mean, I got to go with Usman here, man. Um, I know that somebody and, and a lot of people are saying that Masvidal has the power. He has knocked people out. He has shown that potential. But... I'm telling you, this man, Usman, like my boy Theo said on the Instagram live stream, he is a dog. My boy Marcus, who is a, a mixed martial artist himself, he says that Usman can wrestle. And when you have that wrestling capability, especially going against a guy like Masvidal that not, not hasn't necessarily shown that he can wrestle as greatly to the level that Usman has, I think that that is what's going to maybe give Usman that edge here. And I'm going to say confidently that I'm going to take Usman. But just because that title fight, oh, we have Derek Thomason who says that uh, it's going to be a three-round TKL. You know, I think that I believe more in Jorge Masvidal to think that he's going to get TKO'd. But I do think that um, this is going to go to decision. I think it's going to be a hard-fought fight. I think it's going to go the distance. And I think that Usman is going to get that win. Um, he can wrestle like my boy Marcus said. And, you know, when you're coming in as the champion and you have that bravado and you already don't like this guy, like he doesn't like, uh, Maz Vidal, you know, I think it sets the stage for a great fight and I'm taking Usman, but I think that there's a, a couple other fights on this card that are going to be really good as well, too. I mean, you got Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas, right? And this is going to be a rematch of the strawweight division for the women. And I don't know that a lot of people didn't see this fight, the first one. But I remember Jeffrey Farrell, he actually put me on. This was back before I was super into UFC. But he actually put me on. And, and when I watched that fight, Rose was winning most of that first fight. She was dogging this girl. But then it was at the end where she slipped up just a little bit. And that girl, Jessica, dumped her on her head. And it was over from there. All right, she slammed her on her head, and, and it was lights out. All right, so, when, you know, when you talk about this rematch, 
I think that it's very tricky because, you know, you have Jessica Andrade who, you know, won it by uh, uh, by coming back in such a, uh, a, a devastating fashion. But you don't know, you know, how easy that can be to do it second time. I, you know, I know people say sometimes, you know, lightning doesn't strike twice. But when you have somebody like Rose who, who, who lost in such a fashion where she was winning most of that fight, you know, I kind of want to go with Rose here. You know, I'm going to go with the underdog and I'm going with Rose because, you know, I feel like, you know, from a mental standpoint, she had won most of that fight, but it wasn't up until she slipped up and, and lost that concentration for a split second and got dumped on her head. And, and we saw what happened. So, you know, I think for me, I'm going to go with Rose because I think she has something to prove. I believe in retribution. I believe that people can use that as, as a, a mental capacity and a deciding factor to vault him up. And I'm taking Rose there. But I also think that the big fight that a lot of people that could have headlined any other UFC is we have Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. And, you know, for a featherweight title, you know, I think that Max Holloway is something that everybody wants to win. You know, I would love for this guy to win. I think that, you know, Max Holloway is a likable guy. Um, he's somebody that has heart that Derek Thomas is talking about. It's all about heart. But at the end of the day, sometimes heart isn't enough. And I think that it's not going to be enough, you know, tomorrow night against Alexander Volkanovsky because, you know, when I see it against Volkov is a, a guy – that has an immense, uh, very strong chin. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not confident in the fact that Max Holloway can knock this guy out. I know that Max Holloway has knocked out people before. You know, I know he lost by decision to some tough names, but you know, I really, truly think that Volkanovski is going to give this guy a reality check, and it sucks because I think that Max Holloway is such a likable guy, and I want to root for him. But it's tough to go against, you know, Volkov, man. And, you know, from the power that he's shown, the consistency and him holding the belt, you know, I think that it's hard to go against him here. And, um, you know, either way, even if I'm right or wrong, these are going to be some great fights to watch out for. And um, I hope that you all tune into them. Check out it, uh, UFC 51. But, you know, before I go into a little bit about what happened to me recently, I got to talk about a guy in Deshaun Jackson who, uh, he, he, <laughs> if you don't know what happened, you know, you have Deshaun Jackson who, who said some anti-Semitic quotes. And it's crazy because, you know, you don't really think about, you know, in this age of, of Black Lives Matter and everything that's happening with us, you know, it's hard to think that someone could be saying some anti-Semitic things, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't equate right now. The, like, it, it doesn't make sense, especially coming from Deshaun Jackson. But... You have Deshaun Jackson who quoted Hitler on Instagram. Uh, he reposted some of the things there. And pretty much if you read the article and you read exactly what he was posting, you know, the main thing that, that I really see here is I see somebody that is really misinformed, right? I think the one thing that's happened with, you know, with our whole movement, with the Black Lives Matter movement and our younger generation is that, you know, we've seen that people have taken action. You know, they're being more expressive. You know, we're saying a lot of things that, 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 that we think and that we feel. You know, we're not being scared to express those things. 
And I think you have Deshaun Jackson, who is somebody that is really wanting to express himself, all right? He wants to be a part of this movement. He sees something, and he saw a quote from this Hitler thing, and if you read it, and he's saying that, you know, in a, in a way, weirdly, he's saying that, you know, black people don't know what they are. And the descendant of that whole quote is saying that blacks are the real um, Jews, or per se, or the real descendants from Israel or something. And, you know, here you have Deshaun Jackson who gravitated to the point of, you know, what if we actually understood what we are and the power of black people? And if we as black people understood how powerful we are, you know, what if we what could we could potentially do? And here you have Deshaun Jackson who was misinformed and took, you know, the words of of Hitler and took that in its wrong context. And it's crazy because I think about all the different things and you think about some of these um, KKK groups out there and some of them actually quote the Bible. And we say that, you know, things can get misconstrued. And it's so crazy how, you know, words can be twisted and the perception of those words is all based off of how someone takes it in. And there's so many different ways to perceive one sentence, right? One word. So, when I look at Deshaun Jackson, I think that problem speaks to the lot of our, you know, generation or the younger generation of people that literally see something and they post it instantaneously because they're like, "Wow, look at this! I, I got to show people! Like, I, I this is crazy!" But you really have to, you know, take a second, read certain things, be informed, do your research, right, and and, and really come to a, a educated response because the power of the social media and the power of the, the the platform that is created is you're putting yourself on a platform to be you know critiqued and 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 judged by millions and billions of people based off what you're putting out there so it's hard for people to you know defend Deshaun Jackson in a way because this is what he's put on his Instagram and when you do the research like, you know, and when you look at the things that he was posting and the, the message that he was trying to get across, it's easy to see how it can be misconstrued and how it can be seen as anti-Semitic. So I definitely want to say that, hey, Deshaun Jackson, he apologized afterwards and he highlighted the part of what was said so that we could understand where he was coming from. But the general message that I want to get to everyone out there, what you have to understand is you have to really take a second and think about the things before you post them. All right. Think about what you truly feel about something. Take the time, research it, read it once, read it twice, read it three times. I know a lot of times they would say uh, when we were younger, how many times did you read something, right? Because that's when you can actually, the first time you're understanding it, you're letting it come through, you're resonating. Then the second time you read it, you're able to gain your own perception of things. You're reflective. And then the third time is up to you. That, that's on your own. But what I'm saying to you is this. If Deshaun Jackson had taken some time to think about the things that he read and 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 try and come in a way that really highlighted what he was trying to get over in that message. I think it would have been a lot easier on himself to then not get this feedback and these blowback and, and this misconstruing of people saying that, you know, he's anti-Semitic when really he was just misinformed, right? He he just didn't get the things that he was reading 
completely. And I think that's a huge point that every one of us can take away from this. So Deshaun Jackson, I know that you're not, you know, a Nazi. We get it. But I understand your message that you saw from what supposedly Hitler said and saying that what if we understood our power? So, you know, with the power of this platform, I give you the card. I'm giving you the grace card, right? So, you know, in closing of this show, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about was before the show, big shout out to my boy Chris Shank Jr. I got a chance to go bowling with him. And it was actually one of the first times that I got to bowl since last March. And it was crazy because that first game I had rolled like a 160. And you could tell it was rusty. Like I missed a spare that I could have never, I would have never thought I would miss before. And um, it was just really awesome to just get back out there and have fun. Um, I think me personally, um, especially with bowling, when, when I, you know, last season it was really huge for me as far as trying to get better as a bowler and getting all the reps that I could to become a lot better. And now, you know, with having this time off, you know, I, I really got to get myself grounded again and, and really try and see, you know, what, what, what was it about bowling that I really enjoyed? What was it that I really liked? Right. And when I came back out there today for the first time, like I said, with Chris Shank Jr., um, I just really enjoyed the fact of just being able to compete. And it wasn't like we were bowling in league. You know, it wasn't like we were bowling for money. And I think that a lot of times with us bowlers, you know, we're on a platform where we're bowling for money and you're trying to compete to win money. And it can be a lot easier. And you can see how some of these athletes out there, you know, lose sack, you know, lose track or lose sight of the real reason why we play the game. You know, I was blasting the MLB because, you know, they didn't want to come back because of millions of dollars. But, you know, here you have people in bowling that are, you know, saying that they don't want to come back because they don't want to wear a mask. And, you know, in the bowling alley that me and Chris went to at Majestic, you know, you, ha you had people, some people that weren't bowling with masks. And, you know, for me, I feel like I'm going to be somebody, if we do come back, I'm going to wear the mask. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I don't care how much it might suck, how unfashionable it is. You know, I'm going to wear the mask the whole time. And it, it, it really is a thing. And all it takes is one person to not do the right thing. And now, you know, you have leagues that are shut down and you might have the bowling alley that gets shut down. So I, I take it back to a video that Bill Nye, the science guy, actually posted on Twitter, which was pretty dope. But he's pretty much saying that he wears this mask to protect, you know, you out there. You know, he doesn't know if he has it. You know, we might not know if we don't have coronavirus. But, you know, that mask is really to protect ourselves, protect our loved ones, protect the people that we're competing against. So, you know, no matter how difficult it might be, you know, especially where we have sports where you might have a difficulty in, in managing in, in, in baseball or, or managing NBA teams because you might have to worry about coronavirus now. The coaching game has changed. Sports entirely has changed, right? So now when you talk about it, especially from a, a standpoint from someone like me who's quote-unquote regular, you know, I'm just somebody that I want to go out there and I want to compete. You know, I want to go out there and be safe. And that's why as tough as it might have been or as uncomfortable it may have been, you know, I'm going to adapt. One of the things that I did with Chris Shank, and he kind of like worked with my hand placement a little bit with bowling, which was dope. But, you know, you have to kind of make yourself uncomfortable to create change. And I saw that after I made that switch, I think I had like five or six in a row. And it was crazy because that 
is the the reason why I continued to bowl. I think, you know, at the latter stages of the months, you know, it can get easy to get caught up in, you know, you're winning, you know, a lot of hundreds of dollars. Um, you're winning, you know, and, and, and it's cool to get that cash. But, you know, you don't go to the bowling alleys. You don't do those things to just win money. You know, you go to have fun. And I really had fun today, you know, getting back to, to learning how to bowl again, right? And after that first game, I rolled like a 215. I rolled a 205 and a 190-something a afterwards. So I might not exactly be where I need to be, but it's it, it, it was that relearning, and, and it was trying to, to get back to that place and get back to that platform where I was and that progress and trusting the process. It's that process is what I really enjoy about bowling. So, you know, in these next, you know, few weeks, like I said, I made a switch to DIY. Um, and part of the reason was we, we're going to have practices. And, and I'm really a big, you know, community guy. And I know with this whole coronavirus, it's been difficult because I really love my bowling community. And I really think it's, it's, a, it's a different type of community if you don't, if you're not a part of it, right? So, you know, I, I just hope that, you know, through this coronavirus, you know, I know things are going to change, but, you know, for me as a bowler and I define myself as a bowler, you know, I'm just was so happy to get back out there. And I think that that kind of gives us hope that, you know, whether it's, you know, in leagues, whether it's just, you know, shooting three or four games, you know, there is joy to be had there and, and, and this will not stop us. And I'm going to continue to have fun. And like Chris said, it's all about adjustment. So we can't let this whole virus and we can't let things stop us from living our lives. We just have to adjust to it. We have to make the proper adjustments and continue to be who we are, man. And I think that, you know, that's something that bowling has taught me in its little way. And I think it's really awesome when you're able to take these things that and your passions and just take different things and apply them, man. So, you know, I'm just super happy to get back out there. And thank you to everybody that was tuned in here on our Instagram live stream. Shout out to Zach House, my boy Josh Gaines, Stanley, uh, Suge, uh, like I said, my boy Marcus. Uh, we got Chris Shank Jr., Chris Garrett, uh, Trip, my boy uh, Nahir, Angelo Paolo. Um, if you want to get a chance to get yourself a shirt, put your name in the thread, leave a comment. And we're going to get you in on this T-shirt raffle very shortly. But before I do that, I want to say, Dad, can you get me a beer? I can get you a beer. Because I have to do the beer review, and I can finally do it for the first time in our Talk That Talk Show mug. Shout out to Liz. You're so dope for giving us this mug. Thank you so much for supporting the show. But we have this beer tonight. We got Ishabai Crane here on the Instagram live stream. I hope you're listening, brother, because when you come to the crib, you're going to see that we have Water Balloon Fight. This is a cool beer from Bolero Snort Brewery. It's called Water Balloon Fights. It is a really, really delicious beer. I've had one or two before the show, but for first time in show history, we're going to pour it in the Talk That Talk Show mug. That Talk That Talk Show mug. Oh, man, we might, you know, depending on if people like this mug, we might have to start mass producing. I think we know a little bit about that from the shirts, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, one of the things that I always joke about is, is like, yo, the the packaging first off rip is just really cool. You know, 
Bolero Snort Brewery really knows how to do some marketing here. And, and, and you know, I think that when you're talking about beer that has Citra, Mosaic, Sultana, Motueka with vanilla and milk sugar, I mean, you're talking about a really delicious beer here, man. A really, really delicious beer. And I, I think that in, in a time where we're talking about summertime and we're really adjusting to those hotter times, right? This is the time to have a beer like Water Balloon Fights from Bolero Snort Brewery. So, uh, oh, you have Nihir Chiretti that said he wants a mug. I don't know. This is a one-of-one one right now, but uh, maybe I'll have to see. Uh, maybe we can get one. I don't know. We might have to get another one. Uh, Ishabai Crane likes the mug, too. But um, cheers up. You know, first off, Rip, when you look at it, the color of it, it's a very cool color. Um, not exactly dark, but it's dark enough. You know, it's light enough to where you can see it's kind of got those ale-ish type, but at the same time, it's a beer with body. So if you have your beer out there, cheers up. I'm going to review this water balloon fight. <laughs> so dad has now added the snort. To the water balloon fight. <laughs> Everybody out there, if, if you are still tuned in, you got to love Dad's um, his, his ad-libs. It, it makes the show what it is, man. I appreciate him so much for it. Appreciate you too, son. But, yeah, here we go. Um, we have this show here. About to set it to a close. But before I get into the raffle, I definitely want to thank uh, my boy Chris, Sumer, Nihir, Say. Nick, Nick Knight, Joe Snow, Henry, Reese, Jeff Lee, Kevin Rosa, Tim, Dutch, Mike Greer, Suge, Sterling, Dylan S. They have all put in their pre-orders. And this is the first time we're going to show it on the camera for the Talk That Talk Show OG3. Let's go, let's talk that Yo, these things are fire! We have already sold, I think, like over 20 of these on pre-sale. I'm telling you, please message me. I'm not sending them out till my birthday. That's the last that I'm going to show of it. But those are the OG3s for those people out there that were tuned in. You know, those shirts are fire. And, and, and you got to see if you can get yourself one. Um, shout out to my boy Ree, shout out to my boy Tuan, uh, Mike Greer, you know, people that have been posting on, you know, social media. It's really been dope to see just the amount of people, like I said, that are so happy to wear this shirt. They're so happy to, to, to go out there and, and post and show that they're supporting. So like I said, for you all as custom, you know, we are going to, to uh, raffle off one of the OG twos tonight. We're going to raffle off an OG two tonight. Um, Dad, how many people do we have here on there? We got about 15. 15 people here on stream. Uh, my boy Shug, he had just gotten three shirts, and he said the quality is A1. Thank you so much, Shug. I appreciate you, man. And, you know, hopefully we can get you some 2XL so you can uh, use them on the basketball court, too. And I actually have a small size for your girlfriend, too. So here we go. Like I said, as custom, you have... Up until the end of the time that I finish this beer and our Talk That Talk Show mug. Thank you to Liz. Everybody out there, put your name in the stream. Say, hey, I want a shirt. Say, yes, my name is here. I want a shirt. And we will get your name in for the raffle. 
This is the last you got here. I'm going to chug it. And once I'm done, we're going to raffle it off. Here we go. Cheers up. Water balloon fight. This is good, man. Whew. I'm telling you. There's not many beers that you can chug like that, and you don't feel too too full, man. And got to give it to water balloon fights. Now, let's bring it on on the other side. Here we go, Pops. Here we go. We are going to raffle it off here. We're raffling off an OG2 shirt tonight on Friday night. <laughs> This is the Talk That Talk show every Friday, 8.30. It is time. We got about... All right, so we are about to spin the wheel. Here we go. The wheel is a spinning. I don't know who's going to win tonight, but it looks like Angelo Paulo is our winner for today. He just got himself a Talk That Talk Show shirt. Shout out to my boy, Angelo Paulo. I love you, brother. Uh, haven't seen you actually in a long time, man. I think since you came and visit me in college, man, up in York College. But I thank you so much for supporting, brother. Um, Angelo is somebody who's a really dope person, man. Um, I know he's a family man, has you know family of his own now. Shout out to him. But I mean, I'm really happy that this guy won the shirt, man. Um, love you, Angelo Paolo. Shout out to everybody that participated today. Um, you can always get a chance to, to, uh, to win a shirt if you tune into the show every Friday, 830. Uh, this is the Talk That Talk show. Shout out to our following in Austria, uh, in Vienna, Vienna. I love you guys so much. I don't know who is listening out there, but you guys are tuning in, and I appreciate you so much. This is the Talk That Talk show every single Friday. Be there, be square. Thank you so much for tuning in on our Instagram live stream, on our Facebook live stream, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, we are on it. So please tune in. I love you all. See you next week. And we'll see you next week.